0: Who we are truly is pure love and connection to divinity at our core. And we each have
1: an individual kind of imprint. Welcome to another episode of Why Not Meditate podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. I am so happy that you are here. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you that I am giving away the journal I published earlier this year to a few lucky winners as part of the Thanksgiving giveaway. I created this journal with my photography and writing. If you are wanting to start a journaling practice, and if you want a really special custom-made journal that feels personal to you, this journal is for you, and I would love you to have that. All you need to do to enter this giveaway is to subscribe to this podcast, submit a written review through Apple Podcast, and email me the screenshot of that written review at whynotmeditatethatpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I will leave the instructions on the show notes. So hit pause, take care of that now, and come back to this episode. Do you ever wonder who you truly are? I mean beyond your physical body and the identity you've been assigned to. And what are you here for? What is the meaning of your existence at this time of history here on Earth? Do you ever wonder any of this? Well, I do. (laughs) And I had so much fun having an enlightening conversation around this topic with today's guest, Felice Martino. Felice is an educational consultant, spiritual mentor, intuitive channel, and soulful guide. She assists adults of all ages in cultivating a deeper connection with their spiritual self and an alignment of body, mind, and soul by combining her personal journey of resiliency, including her near-death experience, 30 years as a Montessori educator, in-depth study with spiritual teachers and indigenous elders, and knowledge in yoga, meditation, mindfulness, and neuroscience technologies. Phyllis offers one-on-one healing sessions, guest speaking at numerous events, group workshops, and collaborative retreats. She is currently writing a book about her near and shared death experiences. This was such a powerful and inspiring conversation and I am so happy that I get to share it with you because I know this is going to impact how you begin to see yourself and from that there will be a series of ripple effects into every area of your life. I'm so thankful that Felice agreed to come onto this podcast and share her journey with us this interview is jam-packed with wisdom so take time to listen to it and come back to it and listen to it again if needed so without further ado please welcome Felice DiMartino hi Felice
0: thank you so much for being here today how are you Hi, Masako. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And you are doing a wonderful service in the world and who you be and how you express who you be and offering this in the world. So needed. So Thank, needed you so right now. You're Thank
1: you so much. Thank you. So I know you've got a lot to share. And I just cannot wait to dive into the conversation. Just to, you know, briefly introduce you. You have a background in Montessori Waldorf education. You're educational consultant. You're also a spiritual mentor. You have a lot of experience in yoga, meditation, energy healing, all sorts of healing modalities. And you've also had a lot of personal life experiences that blend in with all the trainings that you have been going through. And I don't even know where to start. So if you can find a place to start to share sure. your journey?
0: Yeah. Well, so I'll generalize and share that you know, I grew up in a very loving, supportive family and a very tight-knit community and I'm very grateful for that. And I've always had this sense from the time I was a child that there was something more, right? There was something I couldn't quite put my finger on. And when I was in college, I mean, fast forward, right? Like there was always this sense of something more, something more, something more. And when I was in college, I took a comparative religion or philosophy class. Mm -hmm. And I remember learning about Sufism and it struck a chord. Like there was something that struck a chord in me that resembled that addressing the something greater that I had felt and that remained. And then I was at NYU, I was a theater major and we had to take Tai Chi. Tai Chi was a requirement and yeah. And I took Tai Chi and one day something clicked and I got it. There was a while where, you know, my friends and we were like, why do we have to take Tai Chi as theater majors, right? What's the point of this? And one day it all came into alignment and I felt this energy moving through me and from me and around me and felt this Chi, this prana in a way that resonated again with the something more, the something greater than ourselves that we're all connected to. And that led me to unfolding on this spiritual path and having the great honor of participating in meditations and studying with luminaries. Um, I was blessed and fortunate enough to spend time with Thich Nhat Han in a very small group. That's amazing. Um, yeah. and the walking meditation we did, and this was thirty five years ago. and It was brief, yet it was such a cornerstone. I mean, brief, brief in the human timeline of things, yet there was so much depth and it's such a cornerstone and a foundation that I continue to return to over and over again. And, um, And then life unfolded and I studied with various spiritual teachers and meditation teachers and had my own experiences with meditation and mindfulness and spiritual practice and my discipline and my practice was strong. And then life became full. Mm -hmm. I had children, I was teaching and consulting in the Montessori world and that was a practice every day to be fully present and mindful with small people. And who is this person in front of me? Yes. They were encapsulated in a, in a small body yet their spirit and their soul was so big and vibrant mm-hmm. as a young child, because they're not inundated and by the societal pressures and cultural norms, right? Yeah. They're still so close to that essence of who they are mm-hmm. and That continued, and I went through a period, which I have called Resiliency Boot Camp, Mm. where in a very short period of time, 15, 18 months, my then partner, uh, there was infidelity. He was having an affair. I became an empty nester. All of my jewelry and family heirlooms got stolen. There was a theft in my house. Then there was a fire in my house, and the top was gutted. And as soon as the top was renovated, there was a flood in the bottom of my house. I mean, and I had surgery on my knee. So my reality in all the ways that I identified myself as a mom, mm-hmm. as a partner in a partnered cohabitation, living, domestic partnership relationship as a homeowner you know, any of the material jewelry kind of, you know, in that realm, that was all gone. Uh, my identity as a skier, I, I was an avid, and I still am an avid skier and cyclist that was temporarily gone. Oh, this is all at the same time uh, with my knee surgery. So there was a lot happening. And then I took a leave of absence from work right i was kind of going 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 and throughout that process i'm happy to share with share what got me through right it was like oh another thing just when and this happens often in life just when we think we're back getting back on our feet boom something else happens right mm-hmm. that unpredictability of life and just as i had resumed a sense of myself through various healing modalities Through returning to and utilizing and digging deep to find a sense of inspiration to use all the tools and Mm -hmm. techniques and spiritual practice I had learned in my younger years, you know, to really bring them forward when I didn't really, I couldn't get out of bed, let alone, and my mind was spinning out, let alone have the wherewithal to really dig deep and resume a practice at any level. So slowly and slowly, I did that. And I did that. And I got back to my sense of self. And just as I got back to my sense of self, I was leaving work one day at school. And I came to a crosswalk, I was walking to my car, and a big pickup truck came through the light, I had the right of way, it was a major intersection. She had the right of way to go straight. She, it turns out, sped up to make a left-hand turn before the oncoming car came straight. So she made a left-hand turn and she hit me in the crosswalk. And I was thrown 30 feet in the air and two and a half car lanes mm-hmm. from the crosswalk. And I had a very significant near-death experience. Mm where I left my body and I experienced a solidification of that remembering and of the knowing that we all have access to of that source, that divine essence that we are, that's within us, that we are a part of, the that place that we can return to over and over and over again through meditation and through practices, through spiritual practice and, um, and it doesn't have to be complicated. And one does not need to have a near death experience <laughs> to access the remembering and wake up from a spiritual amnesia. Mm. And um, it's been remarkably life changing, right? I learned a lot in that experience. And when I was out of my body, and I returned to a fractured sacrum and a fractured pelvis and Mm. sprains and more fractures and staples in my head. And, and that was, that's been a journey to recover from that, you know, and, uh, I don't want to say recover because recovery implies that we're going back to something the way it was before we're recovering back and Mm. there's no going back, right? Mm. There's growing and evolving and developing resiliency. Yeah. And grit and grace and the ability to hear and listen to and take action on the voice of our soul Mm -hmm. and to be in being in a present moment and to practice being in doing, right? To practice really Mm -hmm. being in the doing of our lives. Yeah. And that's a nutshell version. The other thing is, you know, just as I had recovered, um, I once had a doctor say, you're going to get to be a hundred percent, but your hundred percent is going to look different. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant. And five years later, I had an understanding of that. I felt like I arrived again in this new normal. This was During COVID. So I felt like during COVID when that happened, the world kind of slowed down to a pace that I had been used to living in, in my new normal. And just as I had, again, gotten back to feeling 100% of my new normal. I was putting a paddleboard on my head, I mean, on my car a year and a half ago, and it pulled me back and I whacked the back of my head and -hmm. lost consciousness. And there was a whole nother thing. So there was, and I guess all of this is to say that having practices that facilitate moving through unexpected events that happen in our lives can help us move through it with greater ease Mm. And more centered and balanced and with more self-awareness. Yeah. So that was a lot. And (laughs) not showing it.
1: Yeah. What was that near death experience like? I know a few people who have gone through near death experience and they usually say, Well, I was in this like completely white light hmm. Space. Mm-hmm. And there was a door and I almost wanted to open the door and then go through the doorway. But I didn't. And I woke up something like that, you know, like they were conscious of what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Was it something like that for you?
0: It was. And if anyone wants to explore in in depth, I have it on my website. And I mean, I have a synopsis. I'm currently writing a book about all that was imparted during the process. And I've been speaking at events with the International Association for Near-Death Studies. And I've had two shared death experiences, one on the other side of the veil, so to speak, and one on this side of the veil um, in physical, tangible form. And with the near-death experience, there were kind of phases in it. I left my body. Mm-hmm. I was able to see and hear and assess what was going on below me with senses that we don't even have language for, right? Mm-hmm. There are the senses that we're practiced at. And then there are the clairs, clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient, clair, cognizant, there are different clairs mm-hmm. that everyone has access to and through meditation can cultivate and strengthen these innate abilities mm-hmm. and the senses were not as practiced at. And so I was able to see what was happening below and assess the situation. And then that faded and I was somewhere else entirely In a blackness that was like a cocoon, that was pure expanse, pure calm, pure ease, pure nothingness and everythingness at the same time. And there was a sense of comfort and nurturance and acceptance and warmth. And as my thought, What we consider a thought, it's really an, uh, it was like energy that merged in and came together into a more of a curiosity and a wondering if there was more, there was like a, huh, what else? Or, or, huh. I mean, I was totally content in that place. There was just a wondering kind of emerged. Mm -hmm. And then I was somewhere else. And in that other place, there was a presence other than my own that had this had an effulgence of pure crystalline white radiating energy in all directions mm-hmm. and that presence communicated with me and my higher self mm-hmm. at light speed so telepathically it was it was understanding again and seeing And knowing and hearing and all a multi-sensorial experience that I don't really have language for, all that had been going on in my life at the time on earth and in a human body, and all the circumstances and the opportunities for learning. And I was able to see things very clearly as they pertain to my own life and life on earth Mm. and life for all of us as A soul embodied in human form, and also the soul as it exists outside of a breathing form. Mm. So, a lot of information was transmitted and transferred and imparted to me and and new understandings. And and I slowly came back into my body. And that's a whole conversation. I mean, what Mm. happened then? I was hovering above and it, there was a sense of urgency to get back to my body. Okay. It turns out I was bleeding out from my pelvis and mm. I couldn't see that from above. Right. I just saw my body lying in the street and it looked put together. But I there was so much going on internally that um, I do remember being out of my body and hearing the yelping sound and all that was going on and yet not feeling it. And the, mm-hmm. having the recognition where I was partly in and partly out of, oh, that body, that's me, that's me making those sounds. And as I came in, it felt like I was a genie being squeezed into a bottle, even though I was radiating outwards in the subtle bodies and the etheric fields. It, it, the part of me that entering in felt like being squeezed in something, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I subsequently participated in different training modalities to help me be able to channel and funnel the heightened sensory awarenesses Mm -hmm. and activated abilities in a way that could be used in direct ways of service, right? Mm Because rather than walking around like Completely crown open all the time, and like, whoa, making sense of being in a multi dimensional space, more in the fifth, sixth, seventh, twelfth dimensions, um, and vibratory frequencies. And this third dimensional reality, right? We are mm-hmm. spiritual beings having a human experience, mm-hmm. we are spiritual beings. That have spiritual experiences. Mm -hmm. We are human beings having spiritual experiences, and we are human beings having human experiences. And different meditation techniques can help us navigate and merge it all and bring it all together Mm -hmm. so that we feel grounded and aligned and still have access to these higher vibrational frequencies that are connected in and as well as that place within us, that place of home within us, that eternal place while we're embodied. And, and, you know, we're biologically and physiologically wired to to, for certain things, you know, so it's, it's kind of being in the both end, right. Mm, The both end of whatever's going on, so that we don't spiritually bypass and we don't lead lean into toxic positivity. It's, it's really this allowing what is, mm-hmm. and, um, since this is a meditation podcast, it's, you know, there's mantra meditation, Japa meditation, where we, where we use beads and Many people have seen different prayer beads, Mm -hmm. Uh, breath meditations, meditations of stillness. You can have moving meditations, right? Whether it's running or whether it's Tai Chi, Mm -hmm. there's guided visualizations and mindfulness and nature based meditations and walking meditation and standing meditation and sound meditation and Kriyas and heart math. And there's just so much to explore. And I know I'm mentioning a lot. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, right? Wherever you are, you can start. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are, you can start for a minute, for 20 minutes, like wherever you are on the path to come back to stillness and also to come back to monotasking. You know, there's like this multitasking. It feels to me that people are more conscious and aware of the benefits of stillness since we went through this pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of slowing down.
1: Yeah. When you were in a near-death experience, like between this earth realm and the other realm, did you already have that awareness of, what's happening? Did you already have enough spiritual training by then to make sense out of the experience that you were having? Or did it come after you came back? And then did you kind of put it together afterwards?
0: Yeah, what happened for me was I had been on this spiritual path. I'm now 56. And I had started when I was in college. So I don't know, 20. You know, so it's been, I've been on this spiritual evolving path. I had lived with spiritual teachers and ashrams, and I had had different initiations and different spiritual practices at different times in my life.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, when, when motherhood and my work life, I was able to, to imbue it with spiritual practice and it was hectic sometimes, right? You're a mom. I'm da, 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 and then I was a single parent. So it was like, whoa, so much happening all the time <laughs> that by the time this happened, I would say my experiences before helped me embrace what was with a greater sense of ease. And there was no fear. There was no worry. It kind of confirmed, as I, as I alluded to before, it confirmed all that I knew and all that I learned and all that I experienced when I was in those different spiritual environments and learnings. It confirmed all of that and brought it to a new level, a, a new depth of understanding mm-hmm. and of knowing in every cell of my body and being Because now it was in an embodied, experiential way, having this ultimate experience of leaving, right?
1: Do you feel like that happened for a reason, so that you could experience it and then come back and make you know use of it somehow to be of service?
0: Absolutely, and you know, absolutely, one thousand percent, and whether people listening are of the ilk or of the belief that things happen to us, things happen for us. Sometimes there are circumstances that are perpetuated by others, whatever your belief system is about that or about karma or about a soul's plan before we come in or about vows we make with one another and people in our lives. We have the choice to approach situations and ask ourselves, how is this for me, right? Mm -hmm. In any moment, we can make the choice. How is this for me? Again, whether you believe that everything happens for us or to us, for me, I completely understand and see how I co-created that situation. Mm -hmm. I was having a knowing and I wasn't listening to my knowing and I was acting in a way that was not In alignment with my intuition and my knowing. Mm -hmm. And I got hit by a truck. And people do not need to be hit by a truck, literally, to start to pay attention to their knowing. And I also, you know, it was a I I say there are dope slaps from the universe, (laughs) which is a chapter in this book that I'm writing. Dope slaps from the universe. The universe will keep giving you nudges and nudges to wake you up, to wake you up and wake you up. And I had the ultimate wake up uh, to pay attention. And I feel really blessed to have had the experience. I mean, life has not been the same and there have been challenges, yet I feel equipped to move through them. I hope that answers the question. Yeah. 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 And I did hear before I came back, and this is a message for everyone. Mm -hmm. Before I came back, I heard this from the, this presence other than my own, that was connecting in with my higher self that whatever you want to call it, right. The voice of the soul. And it said, when you go back, it's time to live big Mm. and integrating that it's time to live big. Like, what does that mean? Right. For us. And that was a huge impetus to come back, like I was eager to come back and put into practice all that I had learned mm-hmm. and be of service in this way of co creating and, and assisting others in accessing their higher voice. We all have it, we all have it inside, and we all that spark of divinity mm-hmm. is within each and every one of us. And when we access it and can. Can hear its voice and can listen to its voice, our lives become more fulfilling, more easeful, more balanced,
1: mm-hmm.
0: more connected with others and with ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes it could be jarring, right? Sometimes it might not feel as easeful when you start to to have an awakening or when, when you start to kind of feel like you're on a different plane or frequency or, or a mm-hmm. different place than others that you're used to being with. That can be a bit challenging yet moving through that and trusting that inner voice and learning to trust that inner voice. Helps facilitate this more easeful way of being because you're living in alignment with who you truly are. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Who are we truly?
0: We are an expression of the divine source expresses itself through us each and all in various ways, in different ways, who we are truly is pure love And connection to divinity at our core. And we each have an individual kind of imprint, if you will, right? Imagine that you have your soul as your essence, as this eternal part that lives within you, that breathes life and vitality into you. And then you have your spirit, which kind of is the essence, the flavor of your soul. So imagine that. We are love existing
1: in human form. It's beautiful. That brings tears to my eyes because that sounds so true. It resonates with me. And I think deep down we all know when you hear that truth because it hits you differently. It doesn't just go over your head. It doesn't just you know, like, oh, yeah, I I understand that, you know, it's deeper than that. There's like internal knowing that, okay, that sounds a little bit out there, but it sounds right. Yeah, it's, it ignites the
0: remembering, right? It ignites the remembering, it doesn't mean that there's not that we don't have boundaries in our lives, or it doesn't mean that we don't learn how to operate in a way that honors our feelings and our emotions and our difficulties and our challenges and our opportunities for growth and learning. And sometimes situations suck and that's just how it is. And that's how it is, right? Like it doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge all of that. It's, it's learning to live in the both end and it's learning how to forgive right there are layers of forgiveness and it's learning about being compassionate you know there are very tangible practices about being love embodied and expressed and it doesn't negate the wiring of a human being and the and the nervous system of mm-hmm. a human being right and it's through meditative practices that we could come back and settle our nervous systems and get out of our egoic looping mind of thoughts and access the witness awareness that we can tap into and act and be from that place Mm -hmm. more and more. And it's, it's a practice, right? It's a practice. It's building a muscle. It's it is. Yeah, and it's called work because it feels like work, right? And <laughs> and it's a and again, it's a practice and I like to say opportunities for growth and learning, you know? And it's interesting when we start to pay attention to our own reactions
1: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to responding from a pause. Yeah. It becomes a a really interesting, it's like that self-curiosity, it has to start with with oneself. Right, yeah. in order to be able to recognize it and see it in others, and and live, you know, it's like in the yoga tradition how we say Namaste. The light and divinity in me sees and honors the light and divinity in you. Mm-hmm. You can replace it with light, divine, love, source, whatever it is, and to really live that. Yeah, yeah, not always an easy task. Yet it's really. Seems to be becoming more mainstream, which is so wonderful, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any concerns about, you know, mindfulness practice being, you said, you know, becoming more mainstream, but do you feel like it's being kind of watered down to some extent and then being marketed?
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel as though people have to tap into their own. Sense and knowing of what feels right for them, I do think I I do cringe at some of the things that are out there. To be honest mm-hmm. um, and transparent, of you know, people take a weekend workshop and then they're a spiritual teacher, right? right? Like that to me, or people take a weekend workshop and call themselves a shaman, like that. And I have to work through my own sense of judgment about that, and also, you know we're all teachers of each other right i like to say teacher yes. with a little t and then teacher with a big t we are all teachers of each other every single person and every single yeah every single person is a reflection of what we get to work on within ourselves and i do yeah. think that the intention of most of what's out there is really good you know and really pure and um and the other does exist mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't say I worry about it. I would say do your due diligence and see what someone's background is, see what have they gone through personally, mm-hmm. you know, what are their life experiences, just what brought them to the, the path of mindfulness and teaching mindfulness, you know, mm-hmm. and guiding others through the practice. So yeah, when I see a general article in the New York Times or in a paper that that's talking about the benefits, I think it's wonderful because that's how you meet, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, well, personally, I feel that unless you have gone through hardships in your human life, you cannot really relate to those who have gone through hardships. So in a way, I think that's required. For anybody to become a teacher, so to speak, mm-hmm. and guide others through the, their journey, I cannot really trust the souls who have not gone through the dark night of the soul journey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to guide me through mine. You
0: know. Yes, I completely resonate with that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, to go to the depths and and to be shown or guided or offered, you know, what someone else found useful is the most valuable, real, vulnerable, relatable Mm -hmm. experience, you know? yeah. And that's why I said, look at what brought someone to this. What have they been through in their own lives? Mm -hmm. Right?
1: How do you navigate through the tough time? I know you've got a lot of tools in your toolbox. Yeah. But And then also like you build your resiliency by going through the hard things in life. There's no way to avoid that and then build resiliency, right? You cannot do easy things and then expect to have muscles. But like, how do you, so something happens like injuries or breakups or loss of whatever, right? It happens in life. But do you believe we only face what we are prepared to face in life in general? Like God or universe or source does not give you anything that you cannot handle because you are protected throughout the journey regardless
0: it's my experience. I can only speak from from my experience. My experience is that grit Mm -hmm. and internal resiliency that is built through trials and the tribulations without being attached to the fact that another trial can't and won't ever happen, right? That comes more from practice It hasn't been a practice of mine to say, oh, well, I won't be given anything I can't handle, right? That just hasn't been, I mean, that could be someone, work for someone that I haven't subscribed that to like an outside presence necessarily. I do know that we, and believe this, again, this is just from my experience that we are all guided and protected and supported by a myriad of, like we each have a spirit team, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, what has worked is, you know, there have been times where I've been on the floor and literally can't move and crying out and is this ever going to end? And it's the knowing that with each time you always have like, oh, you've done this before you've mm-hmm. done this before. You have this inner resiliency and you've gone through hard things before and you have superpowers. And in the middle, it's hard. It's in the middle of a depth of a darkness to it's hard to even be able to see the light on the other side. And there's an immense amount of faith and trust in knowing that it's there. Right. Yeah. And, and the prayer and the praying to whatever it is that you pray to a higher power, to source, to whatever it is that works for you. There's praying, which is asking for, and then there's meditation, which is listening to. And it's hard to be, to access meditative states when you're in the depth of it, right? So there's a lot of reframing and reprogramming thoughts because the mind will loop and the ego will step in and your primal brain fight, flight, freeze system gets activated and triggered about subconscious traumas that you didn't even register as traumas and all the stories. So, you know, my work, I do a lot of clearing that and and guiding others on how to clear it for themselves. And in those dark nights of the soul, it's leaning into number one, I remember when I was at a really, really low point, I leaned into gratitude and not like a toxic bypassing kind of gratitude. It was, oh, I'm grateful that this woman on the line at the supermarket smiled at me. I'm grateful I had the opportunity to pick up a piece of trash. I'm grateful for my sense of hearing. It could be a, the smallest thing that really got me out knowing that one day I would have the opportunity to use my experiences in service. Anytime Mm -hmm. we can get out, you know, the Dalai Lama says that that the best way through difficulty or depression is to be of service to help another person. Yeah. So there's that hallelujah moments starting to give yourself a high five for doing something that might seem small, but that for you, given the state that you may be in, in a really hard time, that is actually a big, like even getting out of bed when you don't feel like getting out of bed, give yourself a high five for that. Right. Taking a moment to feel your feet on the earth, give yourself a high five for that, whatever it is. And I think over time that becomes your Mm go-to and The how is this for my growth and evolution becomes the Mm go-to and the opportunity for self-reflection and self-knowledge becomes the go-to. So there's many different practices so that when something does happen and the proverbial, excuse my language, shit hits the fan, Mm -hmm. that you're prepared because you've done this before. You can do it you can do it. And you have a backpack of your own tools that you can go to when difficulty
1: and challenges strike, right? It's almost like a golden opportunity. Yeah. Right. Because there it is your opportunity to transform your life. Another layer of anything that's not serving you to be removed.
0: Amen, sister. Uh huh. You know, it's like, Again, returning to grit and grace, the grit of gratitude, reframing. I have a whole thing about grit as an Mm anachronym and also trust in time. You know, we all want Mm -hmm. things to be better, like in the snap of a finger on human (laughs) time, human timeline, which, you know, in, in the world of the soul, time does not exist it's like even when you're meditating and you have a meditative practice you could be sitting there for 5 minutes you could be sitting there for 30 minutes it's like it's time collapses and expands simultaneously
1: right yeah
0: yeah, yeah and the, and leaning into the grace leaning into the grace of knowing that you are loved we are all loved we are each supported We each have inner resources that are available for us to tap into at any moment. There's no shame in asking for help. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a whole nother conversation that leans more into, I don't know if you know, David Hawkins and the map of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And asking for help, you know, being you, authentic, noticing when imposter syndrome comes up. You know, there's such a shared humanity that these themes come up for Right. (laughs) For everyone, really, throughout a lifetime. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you said that we have a spiritual team, guides who can help us through this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Is there a tip that you can share so that we can get to really know those beings?
0: Yes. Well, the first thing is getting out of our mind and our thinking mind and getting out of our own way and our own judgments or, or stories or, or like all of that, what lies underneath that is this ability to hear Mm -hmm. and to attune to, and to recognize and to recognize the presence, the connection, the messages, which are all around us and available in any moment. So I, I guess my tip is two things I'm going to share, being able to get quiet, uh, there's a heart math meditation that you could practice, for example. It's counting to five on the inhale, holding at the top for a split second, counting to five on the exhale, holding at the bottom for a split second, and doing that five times. And that brings your body and your nervous system into a state of coherence. Mm-hmm. And from that place, following your breath in a natural rhythm, Noticing your thoughts and really stilling yourself so that you can hear from a deeper place within you and you can attune to a deeper place within you, and that's how you're really gonna hear the voice of your guides. And you know, because signs again, signs are all around us, and they and and something might come in like a a flash of inspiration Mm -hmm. or. Also flow and creativity, like anything getting us out of the left brain and the analytical mind and getting us into the right brain is going to facilitate more ease and flow and receptivity. And also there's different uh, binaural beats and hemi-sync music you can listen to and yoga nidra that puts you in more of a theta state. Mm -hmm. which is that state between wakefulness and sleep where the conscious mind is turned off and turned lower. And you can be in a state of allowing and receiving.
1: Mm -hmm. So I hope that's helpful. Definitely. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to ask you so many more questions, but maybe for another episode, we can revisit other things. Um, How can people get in touch with you and work with you
0: Sure. I have my website, which is groundedillumination.com. And I'll be announcing some f- events coming up. I've really been focusing on this book. And this mm-hmm. weekend, actually, I'm excited. I'm doing um, a seminar on facilitating end of life and share death experiences mm-hmm. and ways to kind of accompany your loved one. In that process of transition. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. And also Facebook, I'm at Felice Nussbaum. I think you'll put in the show notes. So that'll yeah, be I will. helpful. Great. Yeah. Hyphen Demartino. And then Instagram, I'm at Felice underscore Demartino. So please reach out. Let me know how I can be supportive or collaborative. I'm really passionate about working with healers and facilitators and wellness educators with individuals and groups on accessing that voice of the soul, the voice of the innate intelligence, Mm -hmm. because really it it is a game changer and it uplevels you in all areas of life, at home, at work, relationships, communication, all of it, starting
1: with the relationship to self. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that resonates with me so much. And thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing your wisdom and let's keep in touch. Yes. Yes.
0: Masako again. Thank you. It's such a joy to be in your presence, your virtual presence. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you so much. Blessings. Wow. (laughs) There were so many gems. Here are the takeaways. Number one. You might have had this inkling of there must be something bigger than what is here and now in this physical world. Keep an open mind and one day you will have a moment that would confirm that there is indeed something bigger and more. Number two having some sort of spiritual practice will help you move through unexpected life events with more ease, grace, and self-awareness. Number three, the clear senses are types of psychic abilities that correspond with five senses of seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, and tasting. And they are called clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, clear alliance, and clear gustance, respectively. Also, clear cognizant means that you have a clear knowing of something that you have no knowledge of in a logical way. Through meditation, you can strengthen these abilities. Number four, we are spiritual beings having human experience. We also are spiritual beings having spiritual experience. We also are human beings having spiritual experience and we also are human beings having human experience. Number five. When we discover that there are so many different types of meditation, we may get overwhelmed. However, there's no need to be overwhelmed. Just choose the one that you are attracted to and start there. Number six. In any given situation or life event, you have the choice to see it and approach it with the attitude of, it is happening to you or it is happening for you. The choice is always yours. Number 7. Whenever you ignore your intuition or inner knowing, the universe will keep nudging you to listen and the nudges will get louder and louder until you have no choice not to pay attention to them. Number eight, it's time for you to start living big. There is a spark of divinity inside of each and every one of us, and when we access it, our lives become more fulfilling, more easeful, more balanced, and more connected with others as well as ourselves. Number nine, we are an expression of the divine. The source expresses itself through us. Who we are truly is pure love. We are love existing in a human form. Meditative practices help us remember who we really are beyond our human understanding and experience. Number ten, we are all teachers for one another. What we see in others is a reflection of what we get to work on ourselves. Number 11. When you are going through tough times in life, remember that you are protected and you're going to come out of the challenges. Lean into gratitude and know that your hardships will become a gift not only for you but for others. Celebrate each win no matter how minuscule it may seem. Number 12. We have a team of spirit guides that are always here to help us. In order to hear their messages, we need to get our mind quiet. You can do it through heart math meditation by inhaling for 5 seconds, holding for a split second, exhaling for 5 seconds, and holding for a split second. Repeat this 5 times and it will bring your body and your nervous system into a state of coherence. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more about Felice and her offerings by visiting her website at groundedillumination.com. You can also connect with her on Facebook and Instagram. I'll leave all of the links on the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If this conversation touched you or inspired you in any way, please let me know. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, please share it. Also, don't forget to enter your name to the Thanksgiving giveaway to win the journal. All you need to do is to subscribe to this podcast, leave a written review, and email me the screenshot of the review. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?